Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 277. Today is Tuesday, August 1st, 2023. We are officially in August, which this whole year has just gone by crazy fast for me. So every single time we reach a new month, I'm like, wow, this is this is wild. Thank you, everybody, for... Um, bearing with the guest or the host change up yesterday i know you guys love jen and um i've heard a lot of great feedback from her time with christina i've been wanting the two of them to meet for a long time uh, i wish it was under better circumstances for me that they were meeting um but i um i'll, I'll condense down what happened and i'm going to protect certain details uh, but i ended up having to take a friend to rehab yesterday um and that's a very difficult thing um and uh my heart really goes out to anybody else who's currently going through that themselves or has loved ones who are wrapped up in addiction um it's a very difficult thing and um it's something that's very serious uh and um, i don't really have a whole lot more to say beyond that but um it is a difficult thing to go through. Uh, and it's very hard. It can be very hard to make firm stances um, and not become an enabler, but to take firm stances on things, especially someone as compassionate as me. Um, having to take firm stances with my friend, um, it is one of those things that I know is necessary, but I do not enjoy it. Uh, I wish that everything was hunky dory and happy all the time. It's not always, uh, but it's important to do the most loving thing. And that's something that is really important in this day and age, because we look at people's lives um, and not we as a believers, most believers are, are, are pretty locked in on. We know what truth is and we adhere to that, but the world around us carries this mentality of, I just want them to be happy and happiness can sometimes equate to bondage. And um, so taking a firm stance, sometimes doing the most loving thing may means you look like the bad guy. Um, and so I just really want to encourage anybody else who's walking through this to hold fast um, and continue to stand on truth and continue to speak the most loving thing to somebody. Um, you have a lot of people who are going through this as well. So Lord, I just pray for comfort. I pray for peace in people's situations where people are going through addiction uh, right now. Um, and that you would just be the comforter to those people. You would give them the courage. You give them the words when they may feel like uh, everything in me wants to bend to the will of this person. Cause I can see that they're in torment right now. Uh, in the throes of addiction and and there's this compassionate side of me that wants them to be at peace um and so lord i pray that you would just give them the courage to stand firm to lean into you in jesus name um okay i didn't know that i was going to go there but we did um, um if you guys are listening to this on spotify and you're not following the elijah fire podcast it's fire and you should give it a follow. That'll really help us out. Um, we're also 
all over you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff as well. So everything that's in video form is also in audio form for your viewing or listening pleasure. So um, also anytime you guys donate to ElijahStreams.com slash donate, the proceeds go towards keeping this afloat at five days a week, but also we take some of that money and we funnel it into our water well efforts, which are moving and grooving, moving and flowing like water does. Um, and we're just transforming these communities across the world. And it, we're always expanding, always looking for new places. Uh, we, you know, Show Mercy International are absolute heroes of the faith. And they're doing amazing work in these countries, digging freshwater wells. So we're going to play a quick update and then we are going to get going with this amazing guest. Clean water comes to Zimbabwe, Africa. Hi, my name is Tumezwe Ninjovu. I'm a pastor and a church planter. In 2005, we planted a church at a place called Inyati. And as we were preaching, a witch doctor gave his life to the Lord. And that gave birth to the church that we drilled the ball on. And this is just something outstanding, something that will propel our vision and gospel even further. This community, as I speak, is a different community and will never be the same. Everyone is talking about it. Yesterday, school children came in numbers to witness the drilling. And today we installed the pump. We saw the water coming. People are just happy talking about it everywhere. This is something new in this community. They've been traveling like uh, 16 kilometers to get some water, but now it's a matter of uh, opening the tap. We put the tap for the community and the tap for the church that they'll also grow some vegetables there. Our community now knows the love of the Lord. I want to express my gratitude to Steve and Elijah Stream for the support you are giving to our communities. All gifts are valuable, but water is life. Thank you so much. May the Lord continue to resource you. Amen. Would you consider giving towards the drilling of water wells? Donate online, elijahstreams.com slash donate. Or mail a check today to Elijah Streams. 525 2nd Avenue, Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. All right. So my guest today, she is a prophet. She is an author. She is a great gifted teacher. She's also a revivalist being used in amazing ways. She's also moonlighting as a baker now, uh, doing a whole lot of bread baking. Um, and something that I love about this guest, who's also a very dear friend of mine, is that everything, every word that she's given just about, she lives out and God has her live these things out. Um, and these words kind of take shape around her actually doing some kind of physical act. Um, and so there's a lot of deep richness to, to her words when she gives them. So, uh, we're going to be talking about a new word. Very exciting. Let's give it up for my guest today, founder of Arise Kingdom Ministries, Krista Elisha. Hey. Hey, I love 
love you so much. Moonlighting as a baker. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. yeah. It's like a superhero. You know how like superheroes moonlight, like Bruce Wayne moonlights yes. as Batman. Uh, Chris Elisha moonlights as the bakerette. I don't know. Yeah. Well, actually, it's sort of funny because I, I've actually never even liked baking, but I got into this whole like trad wife thing. Like trad wife? trad wife it's traditional wife. oh yeah 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 and um because i've always really valued that um now it's interesting because god had to heal me from a lot of the lies that i believed uh, about my own womanhood and about the the role of a woman and a wife because um there was a lot of misogynistic abuse um, and things that I, I went through and a lot of favoritism that like my brothers were shown and me not so much, uh, because of their gender. But as I've, you know, went through the process of God healing my identity, um, I'm like, oh, wow. Like I actually really love being a mom. I love cooking. I love, you know, taking care of my family. I love being a nurturer and a caregiver. Um, and one of those things for me is it's food, right? It's nourishment for yeah. our physical bodies. Amen. So, Amen. um, the oh, Baker Jillian wants that. to know how that first loaf turned out, because I think the last time you were on here, you were, how did that first loaf turn out? It was amazing. So good. It was like, literally, you know, it's funny because usually when you have like bread that is homemade or somebody else's made or whatever, you eat it and you're like, ah, it's still not as good as store-bought, but I promise you, and I have testimonies, it's like way better than oh, any store-bought. Do, do people say that about like, oh, the bread's not as good as store-bought? Because it's usually the opposite that well, I hear. Well, Vinny, he actually, they came over and I actually, I had just baked a fresh loaf and I asked him if he wanted some. He's like, yeah, I'll try it. And as soon as he bit into it, he's like, oh my God. And I'm yeah. like, what, is it okay? And he's like, dude, he's like, I gotta be honest with you. He's like, this is like the best bread I've ever had in my yeah. life. <laughs> Homemade bread is just way better. It is. It's so yeah. good. My mom used to make it, but she had like a totally different, um, recipe and like way that she did it and unfortunately i never learned how to oh, do it that way shoot yeah but you're but... starting your own that you can pass down you know yes and the thing with sourdough starters they literally will live forever yeah. it's like pickle brine you can have pickle brine for hundreds of years apparently you can pass down sourdough starters oh that's just like i mean it makes sense because it's like a living organism that you just keep feeding you know but uh, that is just a really kind of crazy concept when you think about it. So maybe this one you start, Krista, is going to live for like until Jesus comes back. <laughs> you never know, man. Well, it was so funny because the starter almost died, right? Like I yeah. had tried the first time. It totally failed. But I didn't pray over it. I just like I get these weird hyper fixation things where I go down rabbit trails and you know, have to do all the things with this one. And that's what I did with sourdough. And um, so the first one failed. And then the the second time I'm like, oh, this is going to be a flop. Like, I just know it. And I'm like, Lord, please, will you 
raise my sourdough starter from the dead. So I don't have to do this for another like two weeks to get it, to get the cultures activated. And, um, he said, well, you should give it a name. And I'm like, give it a name <laughs> that feels very silly. And he's Why like, well, weirdo. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, if you give it a name, it'll live. And I'm like, okay, well, what should I name it? And he said, uh, you should name it Talitha Kumi. And I was like, okay. So I laid my hands on my little jar and I said, Talitha Kumi. <laughs> live <laughs> Jesus name. And I like knew that I had heard that somewhere. So like I, I Google it and I figured out that it actually was the, the words in Aramaic that Jesus said to the little girl that he rose from the dead. And it literally means arise little girl or get up little girl. And uh, I was like, you got dad jokes for days. You're naming my starter rise you know get up and live yeah so it's been this whole thing and god has really been bringing some um he's been speaking to me a lot actually about the prophetic significance of bread and how it really because everything that jesus did he he taught in parables and in allegories right Mm mm-hmm and there's so many uh allegories that he uses where he's speaking of seed or he's speaking of farming. He's speaking of the, uh, of making bread. He even used a um, one parable that he had was that the kingdom of heaven or the heaven's kingdom realm is like a woman who uh, added a little leaven to her dough until the Mm -hmm. whole thing rose. Yeah. And um, so I think that uh, because we no longer live in an agricultural society, a lot of these secrets and these like mysteries and treasures in scripture are kind of like lost to us because we're not, we're so separated from, from that kind of lifestyle. And so like, as I've been engaging more in that kind of lifestyle, you know, that now that we've moved out here on the farm and um, my distrust for the government has gone to a new level recently. I'm like, I'm making all my own stuff. I'm going to buy a cow. I'm actually going to get goats here soon. So you might be seeing me with doing little reels with uh, farm animals here after not too long. Nice. But God's just been taking me in this whole thing of like, now you see what some of these encounters that you had with me way back when, what I was actually trying to speak to you. And um, it, it, it's actually given me some really amazing insight for the process that we go through uh, when we're called to fivefold ministry, right? Mm-hmm. How, how we go to, um, being a person who can feed nations, right? And this is what Jesus was trying to teach when he had the disciples, you know, on the hillside. And he said, you feed the people. And they're like, well, there's 3,000, there's 5,000 people on this hillside. And he's like, well, what do you have? Right. And they got, had a little boy who had a couple loaves of bread and a fish. And then he looked up to heaven, he took 
the, the loaves of bread and the fish, he blessed them and he thanked the father for them. And then he began to break them in pieces and began to distribute what he had. And there was always more than enough to go around. And I really believe that what he was trying to speak to his disciples there was, hey, guys, I'm the bread of life uh, and I have called you to be after my own kind, right? Like I'm sowing the seed of my word into your hearts, into your lives right now. And once that reaches maturity, I'm going to demand a harvest from that, that I've sown in you, right? And then there is going to be another force, the Holy Spirit, that is going to get you to the place where you become a substance like this, these loaves and like these fishes, that when you allow your heart to be broken, right? When, when you take what you have, the gifts that my father has given you, and you, you begin to distribute those to the people around you. Think the timeless truths, the treasures that I put in you, the power of my Holy Spirit, and you're going to feed nations with my truth and with my character, right? And so, yeah, I think that um, I was actually just today going to sort of share about my own process that I went through and how it started off with a really interesting encounter that I would have. Uh, probably really fought with the Lord on if I had known what he was doing. Wouldn't we all? If oh, we, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like pass option B, please. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, um, I do want to say though, it's so fun because today is actually a to be off. So it's like the Jewish um, holiday of romance and it's my spiritual parents, Papa Scott, and Mom Mama Ann's anniversary today. And they didn't know. Uh -huh. The Lord when they got saved. So it's like so sweet that they got married on the Hebrew New Year. That's really cool. But um, so this month is all about encountering God's goodness. And then next month is the month of Elul in Hebrew. And that is the month where the king is in the field. And so I feel like this, um, this teaching that I'm giving today, you guys that are listening, um, I want you to hold on to this and ponder this because Within the next 30 days, God is going, the Father is going to be visiting the field within you. And for some of us, we are in a place where he's just now sowing words and we're in a process of allowing those words to take root and to grow up into a harvest. For others of us, that harvest has really blossomed and it's it's ripe and he's going to come and he's going to take you to the threshing floor. And then for some of you, you've already been through the, the threshing floor and he's going to have to take you to the mill, right? And then after the mill, that's when you get to come back to the father's table um, because you have been prepared. You've gone through the process Um necessary to be able to feed nations because you've become bread after the kind of Jesus. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. 
So, and I actually have a cool little activation at the end. Okay, um, we love activations. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Yeah, so, because God is funny with me. He's got dad jokes for days. And um, <laughs> I think that uh, the way that he was showing me in the beginning of my process, it was like to give me hope about what was coming. And, um, he actually didn't show me bread. He started showing me cake. Okay. And, uh, it was so funny. The last gift my mom gave me, um, for Christmas before she went home to be with the Lord was a like little pink sparkly rainbow colored, um, slice of cake. It was an ornament though. And then, uh, I had like, my best friends, she's praying for me. And she's like, Krista, like I keep getting this vision of like this seven layer rainbow cake with sparkly white icing. And, um, there's candles on it. And I just see like Jesus's pride and joy, like over this cake and, and this celebration. And I feel like he says that you're the cake and that like, he celebrates you. And, um, and I'm like, whoa, okay. So I just kept getting this same picture or same prophetic word over and over again about rainbow cake. Hmm. And um, so I, one day I'm praying and I go into a vision and, you know, this is a number of years ago. It was right after I graduated from BSSM. And so it been, um, what, 2013? 16. Okay. I was going to yeah. say 13. I was off by three years. <laughs> so um, I had gotten out of ministry school and I had gotten all these big prophetic words about ministry and wasn't seeing the fruit of it at all. And, um, you know, I'm just praying and I'm, I'm waiting patiently and God takes me into this vision where I'm in this beautiful field. It's like this big wide open field. And I see all of this wheat. Like I knew it was wheat, but it was like rainbow colored, like iridescent. And it was so beautiful. And the sky was all like hazy and purple and pink, like at the, you know, kind of like a sunrise sort of sky and i i'm walking through the field touching the tops of the grain and it tickles <laughs> my hands i don't know the, the wheat tickled uh-huh and um i get to this place in the field where there's actually a clearing and the father was there and he's this big beautiful burly man with a white beard kind of looks like my natural dad but all white hair and like fiery blue eyes and um, he's super like joyful and jolly, but also very masculine. And he's got a sickle and he's cutting down the wheat. Um, and then he takes it and he rolls it up and he throws it over his shoulder. And so I'm like looking around, looking for a sickle, like, oh, I need to harvest. You know, I am going to help my dad. And he's like, no, he's like, honey, I do this part, you know. And he's like, you just watch, watch and learn. And so I'm watching him and he bundles it up. He throws it over his shoulder and he's like, all right, come on, come on, kid. I'm going to take you to teach you how to learn. Uh, I'm going to teach you how to make bread. And I'm like, bread. Okay. Where are we going? And he said, oh, 
he's like, we got to go to the heart or the threshing floor first. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and I just follow him off to the threshing floor. And in this encounter, essentially, like I watched the father go through this whole process of, um, you know, beating the wheat. Cause I, I don't know if you know, like a lot, I'm just going to tell you. So yeah, tell people the whole process. Yeah. So the whole process is kind of crazy. It's a lot of hard work. And, um, that wheat goes through a bunch, right? So you get the stocks, you take it back to, um, the milling area. And what it is, is just a big stone slab. And, um, there's a place where there's like a, a rut, a dip in the, in the slab. And then there's also like a mill where there's two large stones, um, that are usually powered by water or by a crank to get the stones to, to roll over top of the grain that you pour in there, um, to crush it into flour. But first there's the separation process. So, um, we've all heard the story of the wheat and the tares and how the tares, um, grow up together with the wheat. Well, um, that is actually a noxious plant that looks like wheat, but it's poisonous. And the way that they separate it is that when they throw the, the stalks up into the air, um, the wheat falls and the chaff blows out of it along with the tares. Um, I guess the density is different. Um, so it's easier to recognize as you're separating things and as you're throwing the wheat up with the chaff in the air. So then you clean up all of the chaff or the stalks and things that are left of the unusable part of the, the plant and you burn those, right? And then the kernels of grain, you actually take those and then you put them in the mill to grind them down. But it's a very arduous process. And um, I'm watching God do all of this. And I'm like, oh, okay, like we're, I'm learning things today. And uh, what I didn't realize is that God was actually showing me a process that I was about to go through. Mm. And um, it's interesting that you even brought that up, like at the beginning of the broadcast, whenever God gives me a word, like there is an activation that is required of me mm -hmm. um, because I am an activist by nature. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like he's created me to start things um, to get things moving. And so if he gives me a really profound word, there's oftentimes a, it's like prophetic intercession. Like I have to say yes to something, mm -hmm. even if it's not something that um, I'm supposed to steward over the long haul um, or I'm supposed to put other people into leadership roles in those places. It's my job to get it started. So he's showing me the process that he's about to take my soul through because the field that we were standing in was actually me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, now oh. that I, 
well, when you think about it in retrospect, right? Like, okay, one of my gifts is joy, La holy laughter. I'm usually rolling on the floor in laughter when everybody else is weeping, you know? Um, the fact that the wheat was rainbow colored. <laughs> yeah. And that um, as, it, as I'm walking through it, it's tickling me. So it's making me laugh. And at this point in my life, I, I still had to get delivered from anxiety and depression, even as a believer. Um, so I had not quite got there yet, but I can look back and see like, oh, wow, this is what God, you were actually saying that um, your promises, that your, your sevenfold spirit, the fullness of your character and nature was sown into my soul. And I've taken your word and it's fallen on good ground and it's produced a harvest. And he wanted to prepare me for ministry by taking me to the threshing floor and the, the threshing floor freaking sucks. That is the place where your essentially all of you, your flesh, you know, your ego, it, it feels like you're getting beat up. Um, but really it's God taking you through the separation process of like, Hey, this is really not the core of who you are. This true grain, this is actually the core of who you are. Hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's so interesting. I was actually, as I was reading, uh, the Bible today and I was going over some of the parables, um, God really highlighted the, the story of um, the sower where, you know, the farmer, he, Jesus said, my kingdom is like um, my kingdom realm is like a farmer who went out to sow seed and the seed fell on these grounds. And mm -hmm. it was one fell on um, what was it? The stony ground among thorns. Yeah. One fell uh, upon a beaten path, but immediately Satan appears and snatches it. What was sown on gravel represents those who hear the message and receive it joyfully, but because their hearts fail to sink a deep root. So the word, they hear it with joy, but it doesn't go down deep mm -hmm. into their hearts. Yeah. Um, it doesn't endure for very long. So it doesn't produce a harvest. For when trouble or persecution comes on account of the message, they immediately wilt and fall away. And what is sown among thorns represents those who hear the message, but they allow the cares of this life and the seduction of wealth and des the desires for other things to crowd out and choke the message so that it produces nothing. But um, what was sown on good soil represents those who open their hearts to receive the message and their lives bear good fruit. Some yield a harvest of 30, 60, even a hundredfold. And to me, you know, it's so interesting because I do all these events. I go out and I preach different places and I've, I've been a part of big ministry events um, as a, you know, something, someone coming to receive. And something that I have realized um, in, in Western church culture is that we get addicted to events mm. and think that 
if we go to an event and a certain person lays hands on us or prays for us, or we receive an impartation or whatever, then we're going to leave and we're going to be able to operate in the same anointing they operate in, um, you know, like our lives are going to change, whatever, whatever. Right. And actually that is not true at all. It is the condition of your heart that will ultimately prove um, what you're ready for and what you are capable of walking in. Hmm. Right. And so this parable, it really talks about the four kinds of soils speak about four kinds of hearts, the hard hearts, hollow hearts, half hearts and whole hearts. Right. Mm -hmm. And with the first soil, we see the activity of Satan. The second, we see uh, the flesh. The third, we see the love of the world. And bearing fruit is never a problem with what is sown, but with the soil that it falls upon. Right. Yeah. And and so my um, admonition to all of you guys that love um, going to events. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. Right. I mean, you're saying this in humility because you do host events, right? Like, yes, you know. yes. But there is an aspect of like one hunger and two surrender. Like, where is your heart at um, with the Lord? Like one of the big things that I have noticed is um in my own life personally and in watching other people receive very powerful things from the Lord at these events is their level of surrender and their open heart to do whatever it takes to surrender and sacrifice everything of this world and of themselves um, and are totally uncompromised to the enemy uh, in order for Jesus to receive a reward from their life. Right. And so it kind of goes, and I just, I kept here just a second ago, I was seeing like waves tossed to and fro and it's, it goes back to this double-minded thing. Like, you know, Jesus, we don't add Jesus to our lives. Um, and be narcissists and expect him to give, 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 give. And we're going to take, 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 take. Right. Um, it's a reciprocated relationship, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Like any relationship. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's a healthy relationship, healthy relationship. He is the bread of life. He is the bread of life. He became the bread of life because he went through the same process he went to the threshing floor. He went to Gethsemane and was crushed. Yeah, that's a great point. He went through all of that. You know, he dealt with all the same temptations that ev- all of us have faced. Yet he did not sin and he humbled himself even unto death to carry um, the weight of God's glory into resurrection to bring us with him. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, thank, and thank God that his process was so violent, quite frankly, that cost him his life so that our process of threshing and all of that is it, it doesn't it doesn't have to come to that anymore. 
And like, that's, that's something I'm very grateful for. And I always, whenever I think about it, it puts whatever I'm going through into perspective a little bit better of like, Oh, suddenly my process isn't so bad, you know, even though it's unpleasant right now. Right. Well, you know, the thing is too, and cause like, okay, so God is good and he is good all the time and he doesn't change. There's no shadow in him or, you know, darkness, right? Like, or fear of changing. He doesn't change. He's always good. Mm-hmm. And we have to understand as human beings that uh, focus way too much on finite reality, that his goodness doesn't mean that it always feels good. Right. Right. Yeah, his goodness doesn't always mean that it feels feels that doesn't always feel good. Sorry, I butchered that. But yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So his, his goodness does not equate to you always feeling good. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, I've had an infection before that I had to go to the hospital and I had to have lanced and they don't give you numbing stuff for that. Mm. Right. And, uh, that is like torture. I mean, torture. Yeah. But never had it done, but I can only imagine. Okay. Yeah. But it has to happen because if that infection is not drained, then you run the risk of it taking over your entire body and becoming septic. Right. Wow. So (laughs) is it, is it goodness that the nurse or the doctor practitioner is performing this surgery on you that you have to feel um, because they can't provide certain things to make you more comfortable (laughs) Um, or, or would it be more good for them to, let you get septic yeah and here just take pain pills and here just while not treating the infection itself lancing it is actually what sorry if people have squeamish stomachs but we're here okay uh and everything prophesies yeah. yeah so so yeah so his goodness means it's his agape love that it's the agape in the greek it is a love that only god can have right It is the perfect love that loves us too much to keep us where we are at, right? And so what happens is when the Holy Spirit comes, when that harvest of righteousness begins to sprout in our souls, then there is a requirement, right? Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. There is a requirement that freely we have given or been given, so freely we give, right? And, um, it, I don't know why, but God's speaking to me about the tithe right now. You know, the first 10% is God's ever, all of us, the first 10% of every harvest we have, including in our salvation and in our faith, it should always be to God. Even if that, te- that tenth is just your testimony, you sharing your testimony. Hmm. Okay. Um, but I wanted God to have the whole field. So you burn the chaff. It's very interesting. You know, God says that um, everything, all of our works are going to be tested and they're going to pass through the fire. And this is in scripture. Paul says it. And he said, whatever is silver and gold and precious stones, those things will remain, but everything else will be burned up. Right. And so the fire of the Holy Spirit comes and it starts to burn up our flesh. 
it burns up the parts of us that um, don't look like Jesus. And that's actually God's goodness. It's a purifying fire that makes us look like our father because that's who we were always supposed to look like. And really the, the pain in that is one, sometimes it's hard for us to let go of our ego. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Right. It's hard for us to let go of the things that our flesh desires and our flesh lusts, lusts after. But then the other part of that is the place of and, and guys, listen, if you ever want to be used powerfully by the Lord, you have got to reach the end of yourself. Yeah, that'll preach. Yeah, you've got to reach the end of yourself, man, because it's not in your strength. It's in his. Mm -hmm. And if you think that you've got anything amazing to offer the world apart from him, you are destined for failure mm. um, because all you're going to give people is you. And right. that's not what people need. People need him. Yeah. Right. Right. So that burning of the chaff, that's. It's the purifying that we go through. And then also, so, and then there's, um, but then there's also the repentance and that's painful, right? That's seeing, and this is the difference between like behavior modification and um, inward transformation is like, we can look at the word of God and we can know what God says is sin or falling short of God's perfection, his perfect, you know, his glory. Right. Um, and we can modify our behavior to not do those things, but that does not mean that we have had a revelation of God's truth in right. such a way mm -hmm. that we never lust after that thing or feel tempted to fall into that thing again. And that's the difference is that when I see how my sin affects my relationship with God, how it has affected me, how it has affected the people around me. Um, it is, it, it grieves you. Right. And that was really like my threshing process. Like I had to see so much of my love for the world in me my love um, and my need for validation, my need for affirmation, my need to be seen, right? Um, my need to feel important, um, my lust for money and for wealth, like all of these things came out, uh, my pride, and, you know, going through these different encounters and then having, um, you know, then, then God's showing me the word. Um, I, I actually had an encounter where, uh, I was reading my Bible and my Bible turned into a mirror and Jesus, Jesus was in the mirror. Hmm. And when I looked at my, um, reflection over top of his, he was the most beautiful thing. And, you know, like, um, with parents, like a lot of their features should match up. Right. And 
my features weren't matching up and I looked um, disfigured in the, like in the mirror. And the Lord began to speak to me and he said, he said, this is who you're supposed to look like. So we have to address these things like your mouth, right? Like you speaking out of the side of your face, <laughs> mm-hmm. you being disrespectful, you, um, you know, being quick to make judgments and be critical, um, you tearing down your husband, right? Um, and thinking that your criticism in your judgment is going to shame him into being better. Right. That that's going to be the thing that's going to yield the, the, the fruit. The right? fruit. <laughs> and it wasn't. <Yeah. laughs> and he actually he took me to, what was it? Proverbs. Mm-hmm. Is it 18? I can't remember exactly, but it says there's a verse in there. He took, he literally spoke to me chapter and verse, and I had never read it before. And it wow. says, it says a wise woman builds up her house and a foolish woman tears it down with her words. Hmm. And I would, I mean, not literally it hit me in my gut and I wept for an hour thinking about all the ways that I had used my words and had been tearing down the people around me that I loved the most because I had been taught that when we traffic in shame, it produces results hmm. and it doesn't, it produces behavior modification to your face. But the moment that, you know, they turn their back, they are doing whatever it is that they want to do because there's no value and there's no heart connection in the relationship. And so, um, yeah, so I went through all of that or, you know, when my mom passed away and I was sitting there and I was looking at all the hours, all the hours that I had spent working because I was afraid of not having enough because I did not trust God to take care of me. Hmm. And I met, I missed crucial time with my mother that I can never get back this side of heaven because of fear. Hmm. And God had to take me through this whole process of speaking to me about how fear is really the spirit of fear is just a toothless lion. You know, he's like scar, but he's not even dangerous. He, traffics in lies Hmm. um, and projects images of your future that are not true. Right. And how the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And that means the reverential awe and respect of God. And so that I spent hours weeping in that process of just allowing God's fire and his word to come and speak to me and, uh, and make my soul grieve for my sin. Yeah. Something I want to say really quick, just before we move on, because, um, specifically about fears, I was reading a, um, a study, 
um, and this is like kind of widely kind of this study is kind of wi widely distributed. So I was, uh, I think it was through like Psychology Today or something. They're saying a that a whopping ninety one percent of our worries are false alarms, anyways. And that's just very much like Satan to distract you that much that ninety one percent of your, for the sake of the argument, ninety one percent of your fears aren't even going to happen. They're not real. And that how much that can waste your time and pull you away from spending time with your mom, like you were talking about. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's like, this is why Paul told Timothy, you've not been created with a spirit of fear, but mm -hmm. love power and a sound mind in Christ. And it's so interesting. If you look up um, the, the word sound there, I don't know why they chose to use the word sound, New King James. I don't, I don't even know why. But what it really means, a better translation, is a anointed smelling mind. So Timothy, or Paul was essentially telling Timothy, bro, you've got stinking thinking, right? Like you're, you've got stinking thinking. Your mind is to be anointed like the mind of Christ, right? Whose, whose life was an incense, a sweet swelling, smelling aroma to the Lord, a sacrifice, right? A burning sacrifice like incense, a sweet perfume. And so that's what our minds are supposed to smell like, right? If we want to use a metaphor for some of the way, the ways that we, you know, think about things like, are you thinking about things that stink? Are you thinking about things that are rotten? Are you thinking about things that are going to, you know, jump up and scare you in the night? Or are you thinking about things that are beautiful? They're lovely. They're noble. Um, are you fixing your mind on, you know, heavenly realities, right? And it's interesting because I feel like God, me saying that, I just um, started like, smelling fresh bread. And I feel like the Lord is releasing an anointing right now for people to experience, um, spiritual fragrances, um, to speak to you and your, and your smelling, which is a real thing. Um, you can smell fresh bread and that's Jesus giving you teaching. It's teaching, it's feeding your soul. It's healing for your physical body. Um, or, roses. That's the romance of Jesus. Um, I've smelled my dad's cologne before, and that was when the father specifically was comforting me. Mm. Um, and you can also smell other things too, like rotten eggs. Yeah. Burning. I've, I've heard people smell burning, like specifically when they're around like a religious spirit, they'll smell burning. Yeah. Like plastic burning. Um, now if I smell like wood burning, that speaks to me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. Oh, yeah, I love the smell of burning wood, actually. I know it's my favorite. Yeah. I put like, I put like, if I have candles, they're always firewood scent. <laughs> oh, wow. So, Interesting. Yeah. That's yeah, like, like if you light a wood match and then like, even like in wood shop, um, like if there's too much friction on the wood, it'll slightly burn. And I, oh, I just love so that good. smell. Yes, me too. It's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. I would like all of, even my, uh, cause I don't use perfume anymore. I only use essential oils and stuff that I make and cedar wood is actually my 
obsession right now. It's what I'm making my laundry detergent with primarily. Look at you. Look at you. Look Krista. at me. So that's all. Yeah. So God, we just ask that you would do that. We just ask that people's uh, senses, specifically uh, supernatural scent, would uh, be open right now in mm -hmm. Jesus' name, God, that yeah. you would just begin to release fragrances from heaven um, over the broadcast in Jesus' mighty name. Mm -hmm. And if you guys do get anything, put it in the comments so we can see. Yeah. I, I like for, specifically with sense. I, uh, I, there may have been like one time where I've been very acutely aware. I'm like, okay, that was definitely not a smell. And it was like really fragrant in a, like in a good way. You know, it was like, um, but I like, there's a lot of people that like, that's more their, their thing is they smell stuff. Illumination. Have you ever smelled anything? Have you, have you getting sense? I'm curious. I bet but, she um, has. Uh, she's typing right now. So, but yeah, I'm curious what everyone else thinks. Yeah. She said, I think once in BSSM. That um, was the first time that I had it happen too. was in oh, BSSM well. and it was my, my friend, Adam, and he's like, oh, do you smell that? And it was like, uh, what did it smell like? It might have been bread, actually, now that I think of it. But we've had so many different things. Like um, I've smelled apples before. I was actually, when I was a hairstylist, um, I was doing a girl's hair who was an atheist. And I was telling her about my romance with Jesus and nobody else was in the salon. We didn't have any candles. You you cannot recreate the authentic smell of roses, right? Like you'd know if it was a real rose or if it was artificial, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. And out of nowhere, she jumps and she's like, oh my gosh. And I was like, are you okay? Oh my good. And then I started smelling it. And she's like, I, I, it smells like I just got hit in the face with a bunch of roses. She's like, do you smell that? Yeah. And I was like, I do smell that. Salons do not smell like that, by the way, people. My no. stepmom was a hairstylist. I've been in many salons. They do not smell like roses. There's just no, no way. Yeah. They smell like perm rods, which yeah. smells like sulfur or rotten yeah. eggs. And, or just like chemicals, you know, from yes. different, yeah. And she sat there and she knew it was supernatural Wow! and she just started weeping and That's she amazing. actually received Jesus. Amazing. So I wanted to share this. Um, so one guys, after the threshing floor, after the fire, of the Holy spirit burns up that chaff after your repentance process, we think we finally arrived and you haven't because you still have to go through the mill. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's so interesting because for me, the milling process was actually me dealing with the weight of other people's sin and choosing to keep my heart pure while I was being sinned against. Yeah. Wow. That's a big one. That's, so, a, that's a tough one. Yeah. So the first process in, in making flour, right? Um, is the threshing floor. And that is getting you out of the way. When you go to the mill, that is when you have to deal with the crushing of other people's sins, right? 
That's what, I mean, it's what Jesus went through. And oftentimes that place has a Judas. So there will be somebody in your life that you love, that is close to you, that will betray you in a very profound way. And, and how you handle your heart in that place, considering Judas. Like, are you going to be like Christ and put an apron around your waist and wash his feet? Right? Or are you going to curse him and slander him and do all the things that he's doing to you? That is really where the rubber meets the road, guys. And how you navigate um, keeping your heart pure and your character pure in dealing with your Judas will determine whether or not God can trust you with a promotion. That's really good. And um, then after that, you become flower, right? That's where, that is the lowest that you can go. That is the most pliable, touchable, soft um, cooking medium that there is, right? There's, there's nothing else like it. And um, that's when the Holy Spirit comes in with salt, with flavor, and he comes in with water, And then he adds his starter culture, his yeast, the kingdom. He gives you a kingdom message, right? And resurrection life, because that's what, that's what the yeast represents in the kingdom. It's this thing that even a little tiny permeates the entire batch, right? That's when all of a sudden the the smallest, tiniest thing gains traction and influence and begins to rise from the bottom up, right? That's when we begin to expand. Yeah. And we begin to have influence and we begin to reach beyond our borders and beyond our capacities when that the culture of the kingdom is added to our lives. Hmm. And then the fire that we walk through begins to uh, prepare us to be a substance to feed the nations with. Right. Yeah. Our our wounds, our brokenness become testimonies of breakthrough that others can feed on so that they can step into the breakthrough that we've received. Right. The truths that that the Lord has shown us become treasures, you know, and, and things that nourish the souls of new believers or immature believers so that they can feast right on Jesus. Cause ultimately it's Jesus. So he breaks us down until we look just like him and it's actually in his goodness. Right. And, um, it's so interesting. I was actually looking up, um, cause I love like just researching, all sorts of weird things, but mm-hmm. Hebrew culture yeah, <laughs> and the language, right? I know uh-huh. Jeff is like, yeah, but um, 
when you look up the word Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, it means house of bread. And the word for root word in bread actually means to fight, to wrestle, or to strive with. And it was essentially because there's this idea that from seed to table, the process of making bread was a struggle. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. It was work. It was toil, right? Um, it was it was a fight, you know, to survive because that was like the core of, of their nutrition, of their diet was, was bread. And um, it required work and it required discipline. So Jesus, the Savior, was born in Bethlehem or the house of bread. So God came down to live among a people whose name means to wrestle with God. So he came into our fight as we were fighting to make peace with him. Because that's the whole thing. Like we, the dove came as a sign that God was saying, Jesus is what will make peace between God and man so that you no longer have to strive because of your sin. Right? So he came down uh, to Israel, which means to wrestle with God, to live among a people who were in a religious system where, where they constantly had to work and strive for God's approval and acceptance. The savior or the sacrifice was laid in a manger. Manger means a feeding trowel. So it was a feeding trowel for animals to be a sign that as disciples or students of the Messiah fed on Christ and his words, his teaching by faith, they would experience an end to their striving to please God by their own works because Jesus would fulfill the law and finish the work of the cross being the final sacrifice needed for their sin. Now we are at peace with God by the blood of Jesus. We can learn that our relationship with the Lord is a daily discipline, right? So not our striving with sin, but it's our relationship with the Lord that requires our discipline. And that is not... Um, that is a joy to partake in, right? And he's not, and as we, as we indulge and as we feast on him, right, in communion, then he ceases all of our striving. And we give him all the parts of us that really don't belong to us, that aren't really the core of who we are. They're not his nature. And then he sets us free. And that's when we begin to walk in freedom from sin and the dominion of darkness, right? And, and that's been my experience. So as a fivefold leader, and I, I really believe that this should be true for all believers, um, even if they're not called to a fivefold office, but 
lots of people won't go through the process. They, they want to receive the word and they, they might be willing to go through some of the threshing, but they're not willing to go through the mill. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's interesting though. I see a lot of those people that when they try to hold on to the harvest, it rots. Hmm. A harvest that is not harvested will rot. And eventually that's what causes hard hearts to sin because the word will grow up. Then we'll forget the word. It'll die. And then it creates layers of brush that eventually no seeds can get up through. Right. And our hearts become callous to our sin. But God desires for us to have true heart repentance, to go to that threshing floor, right? So that we can really be free from us. I say all the time, like that painful season, that was actually me getting free from me. That was God setting me free from me, from me. And guys, you do not know freedom until you are free from yourself and you're free from the opinions of man. That is true and lasting freedom, mm-hmm. right? Like the other side of that is a war. <laughs> this is not, this is resting in God's love and being diligent to allow him to prune my heart and to, to continue when new seasons come with new, uh, new promises, new words, new uh, messages in different seasons, there's a fresh harvest that comes from it. And then there's a perfecting, another threshing that perfects the message, but it gets easier and easier every time. So uh, it's funny because I realize now, and it was, it was actually at the first women's summit that I really felt like, wow, that was like where I had, that was that was when I had gotten to a place where I had, I felt victorious over not just my own soul, but I felt victorious over the opinions of others and the sin of others, right? Like I had finally gotten to that place where Jesus had totally set me free from everything internal and external. And um, it was, I ended up having this crazy, God encounter baptism of the Holy Spirit, whatever it was, um, on the floor at my own thing. My there's videos of it. David had to drag me off of the off the altar space. I, I remember seeing that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um I actually saw God come in and there was a seven layer rainbow birthday cake, and all of the people, all of the, all the women that were there, they were all the candles. And Jesus was blowing on them and the candles just got brighter and he was laughing and his eyes were these full circle rainbows. And every time that he laughed, it was releasing light and resurrection and power and a breakthrough and deliverance and joy. And it was just like the most incredible thing I had ever seen. Hmm. And I'm laying on the floor and I'm like, speaking in the microphone, I don't even like really cognitively, I'm not cognitively aware of what I'm speaking. And I said, Oh my gosh, this is a birthday party for Jesus. 
because I, the power of God in the room was releasing the image of God or the seed of God to be planted in those women's hearts. Right. And so this, the kingdom seed of Jesus was being placed in their souls and in their hearts. And God was saying that it was, it was like a birthday, like a birthday Mm -hmm. party because his likeness was being birthed in them. And, and so I'm like, we need to take communion and we're going to do it with cake. And so that was the first time I took communion with cake and it was a rainbow cake with white icing. (laughs) Like the ornament. Like the ornament and like the prophetic words that I was getting. And it was because it took all that time for me to get to that. But Jesus was giving me hope that I was going to reach that day. Mm. He, He knew where I was at and he knew where he was taking me. And so... Um, I thought that this was kind of funny, uh, but I felt like the Lord wanted to do an activation and he's fun. He, you know, he's fun. And so I felt like he actually wanted to show people what kind of pastry they were. (laughs) So, and it were, you know, baked good, baked good. Mm -hmm. You could be a chocolate chip cookie. Um, You could be a donut. You could be bear claw. Um, there's all sorts of things that you could be. Uh, you could be sourdough bread, which, you know, if you could totally be that. But I just thought that it would be really sweet if we just took a second and we just closed our eyes. And I'm just going to pray because I'm a rainbow cake. Okay. That's what I am. And um, it's the whole atmosphere over my life is celebration. I'm a mother of revival. Um, I get people lit on fire with the Holy Spirit, right? Like candles on a cake. So that's me. And I feel like, you know, everything, everything is prophetic. God can talk to us through anything. He was actually giving me a vision before I got on today of uh, being Winnie the Pooh. He was showing me, <laughs> he was showing me that um, I had some things that I was worried about and they were weighing me down. And he, he said, I need you to let go of those things and I need you to hold on to hope. And, um, I have been wearing crop tops cause I've lost a lot of weight here recently. Go and, girl. Come on now. But you know, my, I'm still not showing any skin or anything unless I really raise my hands or something. And I wear them more at home. I don't go in public. Um, right. But well, if anybody's judging, they need to just calm down because it's fine. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, but I, in the spirit, I was like raising my hands and I could feel like my belly start to show. And all of a sudden I had a red balloon and I looked down and I was Winnie the Pooh and my little red crop top was riding up and I was floating up a honey tree. And I was sitting on a branch and father was laughing and he's like, you need to take my word. My words to you are sweet. They're not of guilt and shame, right? They're not of condemnation. They're not of things that you need to do to uh, be better. They're not reminding you of of, uh, the things that you have to do to take care of me. I don't put false responsibilities on you, Krista. Um, you're just to sit here and feast on me and to feast on my delight and my joy and my 
my anointing, my sticky honey goodness, right? And get it all over yourself. You're allowed to be messy in my presence. And I was like, oh, you know, like, and that touched home for me because I loved Winnie the Pooh when I was a kid. And that's how he brought me out of like feeling kind of sad and uh, releasing some false burdens that I was carrying that don't belong to me. And so I just released that as a testimony. And so guys, if you're wherever you are, if he hasn't already showed you what you are, I ask right now in Jesus name that the Holy Spirit would begin to speak to you what kind of pastry you are, what kind of baked goods you are, and um, that you would really dive into learning more and asking God specifically what that means. And also, Father, I just pray right now for, you know, all of the leaders that, because really, God, every single person that is a believer, you've commissioned to be a leader, that we are to be uh, followers of Christ, mm -hmm. and that as we follow you, whoo, that as we follow you, others will begin to follow us and will walk the way we walk as we walk as you walk. And um, so, God, wherever we are on this journey of um, your word, your kingdom realities um, being made into a substance that can feed other people. God, that you would give each person here the grace to walk this season out. Yes, Lord. God, and I pray that not one of them would fall short, that none of them would have crop failure when it comes to your word. Wow. And that God, by this time next month, um, the season of Elul, when the Jews believe the king is in the field, that there is going to be something special waiting for them. Wow. Thank you, Father. That you're giving them their field of influence, Father. Wow. Yeah, there are harvest fields that only you can reach, God says. Just like Jeff has the Elijah Fire audience, right? Whew. He speaks to a specific field. And the Lord says, each one of you that are listening or you're watching this right now, there is a field that you're called to as well. Hallelujah. That's so funny. Some of these comments are hilarious. Uh, Dana says, I'm a fruit and nut pastry with lots of layers. Ooh, that's fun. <laughs> and then Justice said, he showed me as the Pillsbury Doughboy. It's not a pastry, but he stands for pastries. And when his belly gets poked, he is tickled and he spreads joy to others by his joy. I love that. You know, and the other thing too is the Pillsbury Doughboy. He really is like he represents a lot of different kinds of pastries, right? And I just feel justice that the Lord says that there is a... Um, that you have a gift to be pliable and to, uh, to fill many different needs, many different baskets.
if that makes sense. Um, and wow, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah, thank you, Father, for that. Illumination got a lemon tart. <laughs> That's so sweet. Actually, that makes sense about you. Lemons are amazing fruits, by the way. Um, the Lord actually showed me. Um, disinfectant. They're, yeah, they're a mm -hmm. disinfectant. They have, um, I mean, so many health, but they're literally can be used for anything. Like homesteaders use them to clean with. Um, Fun fact also, their oil is uh, flammable. If you've ever taken a peel and put it up to a flame. Actually, no, that's orange, but it might actually be lemons as well. I've done that with oranges where you in like right next to a candle and it's like lights on fire. It's cool. Wow, that's so cool. They, I'm not yeah. a pyro, guys. I just, it's. <laughs> no, but it, it yeah. to me, it speaks of like the like the things uh, or the areas of disappointment in our life or the places where the enemy tried to make our hearts bitter um, that God actually turns those places into sweet victories that help us heal others and, um, and actually purify others. So that's really cool. Oh, that's kind of fun. Claude and salvation said, a no-bake oatmeal cookie because it doesn't take much effort to consume me with Jesus. Oh, that's so cute. cute. Someone said, um, I saw a donut. I'm actually. Priscilla said uh, that he told her she was a chocolate brownie. A little hard, crunchy on the outside, but soft and gooey on the ins on the inside. It made me, oh, it made me cry. You know what? Mm. I just got the picture, Priscilla, of like, okay, so when I know brownies are good, they have like this really like gooey, like top crust. It's not even a crust, but the top layer, it's almost like reflectant because it's like shiny. And I've literally got brownies out of the oven and like almost been able to see my reflection in them. And I feel like the Lord says that it's that like he can see himself in you. And being a little rough around the edges isn't bad all the time because there are people out there that are also rough around the edges and you make them feel right at home. You fit into their corner. Mm. Jillian said a pulled apart bread cinnamon swirls. She said, I see lots of hands pulling pieces of me, but the pieces kept growing back for more people to enjoy for mm -hmm. seconds. Yeah. See, that is, that is when you're really ministering to people. And that cin cinnamon is actually the love spice in scripture. The love spice. It's the love spice. It's it's that it's the romance of God. Yeah, and Nicole, you said I'm currently making pumpkin cake for my husband's birthday today. LOL. And I was like, oh, that's good. But uh, when I read that, uh, and uh, hopefully this is going to come out right. Um, 
I just, uh, I felt uh, kind of a warmth from you. And that sounds strange because, I mean, obviously with a pumpkin cake, you're going to use more warm spices. Typically, those are associated also with colder weather and you're inside and you're warm. Um, and maybe this is, I, I don't know if uh, maybe your warmth has been challenged right now or you just need to be reminded of that. But um, God loves the warmth that you give people. And if that's something you're like, that is not me. Maybe that is something that God actually wants to birth inside of you. So well, we just released that over Nicole, um, that you would just uh, feed that aspect of her heart more. Um, and that God, that you just want her warmth to spread to everybody. That's something that, man, when you get inside a cozy area and someone busts out some pumpkin spice, anything, um praise the lord for that praise the lord for those people uh and that's something that even in the spirit that's something that you have uh, a gifting to to lend to people as well so yeah actually um nicole the lord years ago when he was healing me from um borderline personality disorder and um a lack of identity he just started speaking to me about my identity and I actually had a vision of being a giant pumpkin, like a giant pumpkin. And he said, and then uh, he, what's that poem or whatever, sugar and spice and everything nice. That's what little girls are made of. And, but he said pumpkin spice and everything nice. That's what mm -hmm. little girls are made of. And um, I was like, whoa, okay. So what does pumpkin mean? And pumpkins are literally, they're not a vegetable. They're the wor world's largest fruit. And um, they are bigger than any other fruit in the world. And they're full of seeds and they're a harvest pumpkin, like they're a harvest fruit. And so um, I feel like the Lord is saying with that one. So I'm thinking about the warm sort of spices that Jeff was saying. And I feel like God says that one of the things that you carry really well is um, the spirit of the Lord to comfort mm. people. Um, even if it's just to sit with them, but, um, I keep feeling like this, this gift of hospitality on you, even the fact that you're on here saying you're baking a pumpkin cake for your husband's birthday. Um, and I feel like this might be a word for him too. I feel like your, your home is a warm place, um, where people can come and, uh, they can feast off of the seed of his word that, has taken root in you guys. And, um, wow. Yeah. I'm actually seeing people come to your house and they're eating pumpkin seeds. Like you guys are feeding them pumpkin seeds and it's just little things, little testimonies here and there. Um, and they're nourishing and, um, full of protein. And I just feel like the Lord is saying that, that, that speaks to the, the, the little morsels of truth that you feed to people just in your conversation because you're in love with Jesus. Um, it, it's things that actually sustain them um, for the long haul. And uh, Angie, who's in my EMM, she says pumpkin seeds are cleansing too. Yeah, they are. So yeah, uh, I just released that over you guys in Jesus mm -hmm. name. Oh, someone from uh, Hebrew on Rumble, Hebrews 13, verse five, said they're a monster cookie. Monster cookies are legit. Oh it's like God. everything but the kitchen sink, you know? Uh, 
it's like a kind of like a what's what you see is what you get and it's so good so <laughs> yeah Oh, Eve said uh, strawberry shortcake. I actually feel, Eve, that um, while well, strawberry is like, it's a love fruit, it has to do with having a soft heart or a heart of flesh um, that's easily moved by God. Um, and you wearing your testimony um, very vulnerably. But I also believe that strawberry shortcake, like that old 70s character or cartoon or whatever i feel like there's something in that there for you too uh one of my spiritual daughters yulia she said that she was an eclair they get hollow and when you bake them but then you fill them with cream and cover them in chocolate <laughs> and it's so funny so it's like i i feel yulia what the lord is saying for you is that you've been through this season where god has been like the fire of the lord has been on you to remove everything on the inside of you that is not making room for his word, um, for his, for, um, yeah, I keep seeing like milk cream that represents like the word of God that nourishes, um, baby Christians, like new believers. And, um, that is what he's preparing you for, even for like, I don't know, I even feel um, to do something with kids too. Um, there's something with children that God is, is, is putting on you, Yulia. Wow. Oh, she says that's confirmation. Amen. What did you get, Jeff? Are you a monster cookie? No, I'm not a monster cookie. I'm texting Lauren because we're debating right now. <laughs> I'm IMing her. She's in the other room. So uh, I don't know why, but I just saw a loaf of rye bread. A loaf of rye bread? Yes. <laughs> Do you like rye bread? I like rye bread, but I, like, I wouldn't classify myself as, as, uh, as that. But tell me why. Okay, so is there a kind of rye bread that has like white swirled in it? Yeah, there's yeah, it's like Okay. But I see you as a sandwich. It's not just <laughs> What are those things called? Oh my gosh. I'm going to have a whole bakery by the time we're done with this because everybody's going to give their opinions of like what I am. <laughs> I just saw it. I don't know what kind of bread that is though, but I think it's marble rye bread. Okay. So, but I, I actually saw a big, I think it's pastrami sandwich. Like, I think there, there's a plate. Is it a Reuben? That's probably what it is. My dad loves Rubens. I, I love Ruben. I love a good Ruben as well. Do you? I also really? just love okay. corned beef. I know there's pastrami and Rubens, Rubens, but what yeah. does the name Ruben mean? I I, I can't I'm remember. Look it up. It means behold a son. Behold a son. So you are a big juicy Ruben on marble rye that. <laughs> People see, and when they see you, it's they are looking at Jesus and they're feasting off of the meat of his word and even 
people that aren't very mature in Christ, they can receive nourishment for their souls with the dairy, the cheese. Then there's the sauerkraut because you're tangy and you have like this really special flavor. Oh, and isn't that, um, that's a, uh, fermentation thing, which is also prophetic for the baptism of the Holy spirit, because did you know the word baptism, uh, that Paul uses, it was closer to the word pickle to pickle or to ferment than, uh, to die. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. To be baptized means to be pickled. Well, there you go. And so sauerkraut is, is pickled, I think. Um, oh yeah. Someone was like, Reuben is one of the 12 tribes. Yeah, that's true. I am one of the 12 tribes of Judah. Or I did not twelve tribes. Of Judah Israel. is one of them. One of the twelve tribes of Israel. You know what I meant, people. Oh, that's great. He was the firstborn son of Jacob in the Bible. Uh, everybody's going to be hungry after this episode, which is like right around dinner time for some of you guys. You know, what's I so say, I say, I'm a cinnamon roll. Okay, that's what I say. Because I wear my heart on my sleeve and uh, it's super gooey, right? Um, but the, there, the, 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 there's like multiple layers to it. Um, I can see that. Yeah. Honey, what are you? Tell me what you are. She's just like right there. <laughs> she's, she's IMing me right now. Oh, everybody. The suspense. The suspense. I don't know, dude. I still think that you're Reuben. I mean, you can take the cinnamon bun and maybe that's another word she for said, you. She said, I'm an introvert. I need time. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll let everybody know by when she gives me her assessment. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so it was funny because when I was looking at, when I saw that it was uh, Israel's firstborn son and the name Reuben means behold a son. I actually saw Israel take the boy, like the baby, and be like, it's a son, you know, like how in the Lion King, they hold up the little baby uh -huh, lion. A pride <laughs> rock. Yes. Yeah. But I saw the Lord doing that with you. Oh, uh, well, oh. and that's interesting, though, because God had, when you said the meaning of Reuben, um, I, uh, I, the behold the son. God has been speaking to me a lot about just like sharing the father's heart with me. Like just, I've been going through a lot of stuff within the past, like I would say the past two years, um, but especially concentrated the last six months. And uh, God has just been affirming me as a son. Um, and so that's been really cool, you Aww. know? So, yeah. And the word behold in Hebrew, it means to see and to understand Jeff. And so yeah, he's yeah. literally saying, I see and I understand my son, Jeff. So, but behold, it means to see and understand. I got okay. you. Yeah. So he's saying, I see you and I understand you. Mm. Awesome. Isn't that powerful that's good that's good stuff i like it <sighs> all right okay so um that was really fun that was fun that was that was a fun fun activation um 
I'll see now Lauren's putting me on the spot. She says, I'm working, so surprise me. I uh <laughs> all right, holy see, spirit. See, now I need time. Now I need time to think of what she would be. So I keep seeing those one little scone. Or is it I don't think it's a scone, but they're like they're the pastries that are like they have the fun little crumbly outside but they're like rolled up like a little trumpet and they're packed full of like cream a horn is that what they're i mean i guess like cream horns is that what they're called yeah i think that's what i keep saying well why is that what why would she be that lord oh because she's meant to declare and not be an not, not be an interview introvert well, well she <laughs> can be an introvert that's fine right. <laughs> oh it's because she um i mean she does things for the elijah list she's a horn she's a trumpet in the land she's she's assisting the trumpet in the land to nourish the people of god with the milk and butter fat of god's word there we go there we go. All right, Krista. All right. This is fun. This is fantastic. was fantastic. How can people follow you? Do you have any scrumptious events coming up? Give people the details. Yes. If you want to come have communion with a wedding cake, then you want to sign up for the Arise Kingdom Summit, which is going to be in Waldorf, Minnesota. It is going to be absolutely lit. I think we have about 400 people registered so far. Um, there's primitive camping available. Um, it's totally free. You just show up. We do ask that you register because we want to make sure that we have enough porta potties. Um, very important. All, very important. All of that stuff is available on my website um, at chrisillish.com. Go to the Arise tab. Actually, tomorrow, or not tomorrow, Thursday, I'm going to be speaking in Columbus, Ohio at the Fullness Conference. Um, and that is also a free event. Uh, I'm not sure if registration is full, but if you're in Ohio, um, you should definitely check that out on my event tab as well. And um, all my other events are on there too. So get on there and find out if I'm coming to your area. All right, Krista, thank you so much. This is this is fun. It's a great message, um, great activation as well. You just get to know people a little bit better too. So, yes, I agree. Yeah. So, thank All you. Right. Thank you so much for having me. I love you guys. We love and you. It's always fun being on with you. I know. So. It's nice to have a lighthearted message. You it know? is. Yeah. Rather Not everything super somber and heavy, you know, it's good. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of heavy, you know, but, uh, but like good, you know, it's like all that process and difficult stuff you go through is unto something. So long as we yield to the process. So. That was a great summary, Jeff. Excellent there summary. There we go. Uh, everybody have a blessed Tuesday. Tune in tomorrow. We've got part three of four of our teaching series with Yvonne, Intimacy with Christ. We're going through the Song of Songs, and it's been just an absolute revelation-packed series um, because you guys know, I, I, yeah, Song of Songs, not my go-to book. So as a guy, uh, so, uh, it's been really, really, really good. So tune in tomorrow. It's going to be absolutely dynamite. Can't wait to hear what new revelation Yvonne's going to pour out um 
So that's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. We love you guys. And we'll see you tomorrow with Ivana Tia. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Thank you.